Welcome to the Mindset for Runners podcast, helping you to access and unlock your true potential as an athlete. Hey, it's Rob here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. We've got Joe Ward on the podcast for the third time. Now, why have I invited him back on the podcast for the third time? It's because Joe embodies everything we talk about on this podcast, how to continually improve yourself through incorporating mindset work alongside your physical training. So recently, Joe won the Australian 24-hour track championships in Coburg, where it rained, it poured rain for 15 hours of the race. Joe's the winner of the 2021 Costa Kosciuszko 240-kilometer ultramarathon. He's also the winner of most of the biggest ultramarathons in Australia and an Australian 24-hour track representative. In this interview, we get an even deeper insight into Joe's mindset and how he consistently manages to get better and better as a runner and as a coach. So please enjoy this interview with Joe Ward. All right, so welcome to the podcast. I have got the Australian 24-hour champion who recently won with a total of 230.09 kilometers at Coburg, taking out the Victorian 24-hour championship, the Australian 24-hour championship, and of course, um, the national one as well, which included the Aura 24 champion, all three trophies in one. Joe Ward, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Rob. I appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here. Mate, you're a repeat guest on this because you've got so much to share. All of your podcasts have been so highly downloaded and I get so much feedback from them. So I, I wanted to take a deeper dive this time into um, your mindset, your preparation and how you do what you do. Um, but I'd like to start, if you could talk us through Coburg, it was... Um, it, it was such an adventure for you. And can you just take us through that race, um, including things like the weather, um, the way you paced it um, behind uh, Nick Bamford and Kev Muller and how you dealt with that? And just kind of tell us about that experience because it was a hell of a weekend. Yeah, so when we rocked up to Coburg, it was super windy. The race doesn't start till 12 midday. So we were putting our tent up at sort of 10 a.m. or so and um starting to get used to the conditions and um yeah it's interesting i think you know there's so many things that go through your head before you start a race and obviously you you've got a bit of butterflies and a bit of nerves and you're speaking to the competition you're speaking to the other athletes and the other crew um but straight away everyone was tying their tents down and preparing for this big storm that we were all looking at on the radar and um, that was the kind of big focus for the race was, you know, how are we going to navigate and strategize around this like 12 to 15 hour storm that was heading our way. So that's really how the race started. And that's uh, that's where everyone was, uh, where everyone's heads were at. And that's what everyone was talking about. And um, yeah, I, I try to put myself into a mindset of you know super relaxation before i start and it's not just a place that um, my mindset coach claudine has spoken about and we'll talk a lot about claudine in this podcast i'm sure but also you know martin talks about this a lot as well and you know martin's really linked me up to the sri chimwe team who are all about peaceful transcendental running um 
So I was putting my play, myself in a place of deep relaxation, little meditation before I started the race, sat on the track cross-legged like uh, uh, a good tree chinmoy disciple should and put myself into a relaxed state of breathing and focus. And yeah, look, the inner running is just as important as the outer running. That's the principle of Sri Chinmoy. And I've really found a lot of peace in that. Um, you know, part of my training was uh, training with uh, Grahuk, who won the 3100 Transcendence race and running from um, Newcastle back down to Manly with the, the peace torch. And I, I learned so much from those guys, Rob. I really got so much from their energy because I am someone that's an A-type personality and I like to perform and achieve. And, and you know, there is a part of me that, that wants to be on that podium. But to embrace that other part of me that is about peaceful awareness and, and you know, not tying myself into the numbers you know, that, that's been a really powerful place to go to and a great way for me to learn that transcendental running that the, the 3100 Transcendence team are famous for. You know, they can transcend 45 days of running and, you know, the whole concept of it's not a race unless you get a haircut halfway through really appeals to me. It's, it's, it's amazing, their mindset. Talking from that place that, and I'm sure you're going to link this back to Coburg, but I, I want to dive into that that part of you where you said you've got the the A-type personality and a lot of us ultra runners or, or runners in general do have that part of us. But then we're taught, no, no, you need to run in the moment and run mindfully and 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 you you were able to access that on a deeper level in that peace run that you mentioned, running with the Sri Chimnoi group. Um, can you tell us more about that state that they taught you about, that peaceful um, state and how you learned to embody that on your run from Newcastle to Manly this year? Well, originally for me, the Newcastle to Manly run with the um, Sri Chimwe team, I think I thought, oh, this is going to be fun because I get to hold a torch and I get to run along the beachfront with, with a torch in my hand, which is every kind of athlete's dream is to kind of, you know, hold a torch and and sort of have the, the Olympian kind of dream. Um, but after that first day, I ran from Newcastle to Gosford and I came back and I, I actually had a call with Claudine straight after that run. And she said to me, do you think that Martin was linking you up with the three Chimoy team just so you get to hold a torch? <laughs> uh, do you think that's the only reason he was linking you up with that team? And I started to realize that that 50Ks that I ran from Newcastle to Gosford, it felt like 15, Rob. It felt like nothing. I transcended that distance. It was a blink of an eye. It was all joyful. It was pure fun. And, it, it you know, I felt like I developed this ability to, to fast forward time and just go into this place where 50Ks feels like 15. Um, and then looking back at the start of that first day, I booked an Airbnb just south of Newcastle and I met them at, um, it was meant to be five in the morning and they got there at about 10 past five. They're very peaceful and relaxed and not particularly, you know, without being, you know, um, uh, negative about them, they're, they're not particularly punctual because Sri is providing for them. You know, we, we haven't got accommodation booked in Gosford, Sri will provide and they're super peaceful 
And I said to Grahak, who's again, the winner of the 3,100 transcendence race, you know, with the torch, can I hand that to other people? Can I let other people hold that as I'm running? And he was like, yeah, the more the merrier, we want people to hold the torch and to get some of the energy of why we're running and what the torch symbolizes, you know, the, the peace run, the world peace run, creating peace around the world. And I said, is there anything else I should do whilst I'm running? And he said, you have to hold peace in your heart whilst you're running. And that blew my mind, you know, to actively and with awareness, hold peace in your heart whilst you're running. I don't think I've done that before. I don't think that's something I've focused on. Um, and maybe Martin's spoken about that. Maybe Martin has given me a session like the, the psychedelic long runs that he gives us with crazy playlists from the 1980s. Um, maybe that's what Martin's trying to achieve by giving me some of those long run sessions with a focus on super easy running, but actually purely focused on having peace in your heart. I found that that was the access point, Rob, to the transcendental running and to being able to fast forward time. Um, and I'm sure we've all experienced this. I've thought about this a lot. I think when you run super fast at threshold, you know, 160, 170 heart rate, you know, when time slows down and you're like, oh, when is this run going to be over? When is this 5K time trial going to be complete? When is this 10K run going to be complete? I feel like the faster you run, the slower time goes. Whereas if you can get in that lovely, peaceful, effortless effort, slow zone two pace, you know, time just kind of moves out the way for you. So, um, yeah, so that's that's really what I that was my access point to that kind of running and, and that feeling. So people like me and who's listening to this can access that point as you did to run with peace in your heart. It's a beautiful contrast. You said a threshold run slows time down and this state Sorry, the opposite round. It felt like time passed so quickly. Your 50K felt like 15K. How did you run with peace in your heart? How did you access that state? Was it a mantra you had? Was it a feeling, a memory, an image? Uh, I, I guess, look, I'd never tried actively to run with peace in my heart. So I, yeah. I guess I was very aware of my interactions with the people I was bumping into. You know, I stopped at a pie shop at about 35 Ks and got a delicious pie um, and had some lovely interactions with the ladies in the pie shop. And they were very pleasant. And I think when you contemplate peace, it kind of works through you. It's almost like when you think about gratitude, you become grateful. You know, I, I feel like I'm very familiar with building gratitude into my runs because that's a really powerful way to keep any negative energy from from getting into you whilst you're you're running long distances, but um, yeah, I I meditate every day and that makes a big difference. So I use the Headspace app and that's proved to be really successful for me. You know, credit to Luca Torini, who's a, a fantastic runner and a good mate that lives up on the coast. You know, previous world record holder on the the treadmill for twenty four hours. Um, he got me into that. He was like, I meditate every day and and that's my kind of um tangible way that i i get myself into that place of of relaxation and and you know gratitude and peace so practice is probably the answer it's not you know practice is is such an important part of being a long distance runner is 
repetition, 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 just like the adverts on TV. They repeat the same songs and the same little tunes and the same messages. And that's how it gets in. So as you're running with that peace in your heart, and so I'm picturing you running down from Newcastle to Gosford and then down to Manly, and you're running and then you forget to run with peace in your heart and you go back to maybe your mind wanders or something. How did you bring it back to that peaceful state? In meditation, you go back to the breath. And I think the most peaceful thing you can do is just to breathe and be present. Um, so, you know, I've used this mantra in some of my 100 mile races, you know, back to the breath, back to the breath, back to the breath. And, you know, that really helps me to, to find a peaceful, happy, centered place. Um, the other thing is whenever I feel um, anxious, that's often thoughts of the future and how the run is going to unfold or what's going to happen next month or next year or, you know, the next gas bill or whatever it is. And then any thoughts of feeling sad or depressed, I often think is dwelling too much on the past. So peacefulness is is the breath which connects us with the current moment, connects us with the present, um, living in the present and, and being aware and trying to be fully present, you know, fully present of exactly where we are right now. Beautiful. Let me take you back to Coburg. You set the tent up. There's a big storm coming. Um, everyone's tying their tents down. You're meditating on the track. Um, what happened next in that race? Well, the first thing that's happening next in that race is, you know, as the storm is getting more and more serious, I am having a party in my head. I'm over the moon because <laughs> I love running in the rain and I want the conditions to be tough. I want them to be horrible because I believe I'm probably not the fastest runner, Rob, but I'm the most resilient. This is why I've got the inclement weather course record for the Costa Kosciuszko, which is, you know, we're both representing today in our blue and gray hoodies. Um, I just feel that I have the most tools for for things when they get sticky and difficult and uncomfortable. And and I prepared for the storm. You know, I knew it was going to rain a week and a half out. And I'd said to to both Claudine and to Martin and to, to my crew, you know, I, I'm doing things now to prepare for, for that rain. And it was torrential. It was horrible. But, you know, it none of it was unexpected. None of it was um, a shock. So that's that's where my head's going. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm having a little party in my head um, and I'm I'm feeling more confident as the wind picks up and the rain starts. And you've gone to Coburg to win the Aussie Championship. Um, and I wanted to ask you that, like, the race starts, um, Kev Muller and Nick Bamford go out and put a big lead on you. And 10 hours in the race, I think, correct me, Nick was around 10 kilometers in front from memory. Is that about right? Oh, maybe even more. You know, he, he yeah. went like a, a greyhound out the traps. He was absolutely going for it. And I'd had a chat to Nick before the race. He came over and said hi. And he's such a great guy, you know. He's, absolutely. He's so friendly and he's such a champion. And he basically said he was going for this strategy that was high risk, high reward. And you know, his level of courage, I think he ran 148 Ks in the first 12 hours, you know, what a weapon. 
um what you know it was nick's first 24-hour track you know um and it wasn't my first you know i i wasn't you know there was no high risk um strategies on the track for me so it's a very courageous strategy that nick had um and i knew that uh kevin already had a great 12 hours 138 k's he ran the 12 hours three weeks before in canberra you know he had 140k uh, sorry 240k's from a, a 24 hour last year at the national championships um he ran that at south sydney i think or the invitational uh whilst i was in india um and yeah for me it was i knew they could both run well and you have to run your own race you can't get sucked into running kevin muller's race or nick bamford's race or doro lachlan's race or you know whoever you have to just be again fully present in your own skin doing it your way um uh i th i think you know, I've I've never been someone that can go out really hard and then hang on. Um, and, and I don't know if that's a strategy that would work very well for me. Um, I see runners do that strategy quite a lot. And, and it is a high risk way of doing things. I much prefer to chip away, chip away and have an average pace over the 24 hours with very little deviation. Um, and I see the 24 hours, Rob as a race where the winner isn't the fastest runner the winner is more often the person that fades the least really solid advice there through experience um so what would you say to somebody because so as you're going around the track you know nick and kev and, and as you said dara who's a champion runner of his own doesn't get enough credit um they've gone out hard they're well in front of you for 10 hours in the race 12 hours in the race what can you share with somebody who's maybe doing their first UTA 100 or first ultra or even just their first park run about not getting caught up in others races how do you how do they remind themselves to do what you did and, and and run your own race well I mean I have to say that Claude and I worked on this we worked on how to create psychological safety and not get flustered because you know I've seen so many athletes go out and and run super fast straight from the start line straight from the the whistle or, or from from the first off and um yeah you just feel like am i doing something wrong you know should i be going faster maybe i'm going to lose this race but i guess for other athletes what i'd say is you know you can break your race down however you like right you could you can do your race however you want whatever you want to create in your head as the rules for your race that's up to you and you can choose rules that empower you and make you feel confident and strong or you create rules that <laughs> make you feel like you're losing and you're behind and you know you've got to catch up so i created basically um you know the, the same three components i have for every run i do which is warm up workout cool down warm up workout cool down and I discovered in my warm-ups in the block of training from kind of Melbourne Marathon in October 22, right through to, to racing Coburg in April, I was like, you know what? I can make these warm-ups as long as I like. <laughs> like this could be a 160K warm-up, or it could be a 20-hour warm-up, right? With I can do a 20-hour warm-up, a two-hour run, and a two-hour cool down. And that's my 24-hour race. 
And what that's done for me is psychologically, I don't feel like I, I'm pushing, even though I'm 16 hours into the race, I'm 14 hours into the race. So I I view the 24 hours as you run 100 miles, you run 161 Ks, you do a you know, 15, 16 hour warm up, and then you have a little look around, you see who else has come with you, and then the race starts. So I have this thing in my head where when they go three, two, one, go at the start line, whether it's the, you know, the the Miler at the GNW or Glasshouse or Cosy Miler or the Costa Kosciuszko or the Coburg 24 hour, I'd go to myself, that's not the start. This is this is not the start. The start of the race is going to be four in the morning or two in the morning, and then the race starts. Then you start running. Because most of those people on the start line, they can all run a hundred miles. They can all run 100 miles. Otherwise, they're not going to be there. So you run 100 miles, you do a 100-mile warm-up, and then you go. And if you start to break the race down in those kind of chunks, then psychologically, you haven't started trying yet. You haven't started pushing yet. You're not into that zone of high effort. You're, you're delaying that point at which the workout starts. This is absolute gold that you're sharing with us, Joe. Thank you for, for giving us this level of detail. Um, I want to ask you more about breaking the race down because it's, it's a big issue for a lot of people who think about 24 hours, I have to run for 24 hours. Is there any other um, way that you do break the race down for that first 100 miles? Like, Is it time or distance or laps or, or themes or yeah. some other way? Oh, 100%. So... You know, I have all these different little treats that I provide myself as I go through the run, whether it's, you know, uh, noodles for dinner or it's, you know, having some chocolate bars or it's, you know, having some Revy strips or Panadol, whatever it is. Um, and then I also have kind of little Joe stuff that I do that I know will keep me running. So the thing about being on the track is you haven't got a lot of spectators. There's not a lot of people there to give you high fives like a marathon um there's not a lot of kids handing out jelly beans and you know especially when you get to the hours like two three four in the morning when most of the people go off to bed and then come back the next day so i had joe's army that i took with me so i had 24 quotes from 24 different um heroes athletes and non-athletes living and dead and you know uh real and fiction and so i had all of these different you know, absolute powerful legends that I took with me. And I felt like along with Chris and Alicia, I had like these 24 superstars in the tent. So I had Kipchoge and I had uh, Scott Jurek and I had Dean Karnazes and Joe Calzaghe and Rumi and Manny Pacquiao and Mike Tyson and like David Goggins. And I had all these people ready to go. So I, every hour or so, when I felt like I needed a bit of a pick me up, I'd say to Chris or to Alicia, give me a quote. And Chris would shout back, uh, Kipchoge, life is waking up and working. Or he'd say, um, Bruce Lee, are you going to let the obstacles in your life be stumble, stumbling blocks or stepping stones? Choose the positive. You are the master of your own attitude. And like suddenly I'm running with Bruce Lee. I'm running with Kipchoge. I've got this army that are pushing me forwards. And um, then Coach Martin Fryer, emus gracefully dispose of the competition, right? Having those quotes, you've got a wind at your back. You've got this, 
you've like Martin Fryer, who's a winner of Coburg and, you know, Martin's won everything. He's, he's your coach as well, Rob. And, you know, I think one of the best coaches in the world and <clears throat> these little nuggets of wisdom are hard earned, you know, they're, they're created in extremely hot furnaces and um, yeah, it's it's great to have that to push you around the track, and it's almost like a, a chocolate bar or a treat or a, or a little kind of uh, pick me up as you go through the race. Such a great strategy. I just want to ask one question about that, Joe. Um, when do you know you need that pick me up? Like, what's the trigger? You said if you if you if you're having a bit of a dip or something, what is it for you that's a trigger? Yeah, so for me, it was whenever I thought I wasn't going to win, you know, so I'd go through this wave. And this is an interesting thing about the track is there's no mountains, but every track runner knows there are mountains. You just can't see them. So you have to, you know, distinguish when ah oh, my legs are feeling slightly heavier or my uh, mental state is getting slightly negative and you have to find that pick me up. And you really want to head off those troughs before you get too deep into them. So I can feel myself just going over the brow of the hill, starting to dip down slightly. And that's when I'll look for that thing that's going to help me leapfrog that low and, and put me in a place where the wind is back in my sails, the wind is at my back. Um, and yeah, I, I think the more you train with the long runs, training on the track or training. And I've talked to lots of my athletes about this. When you train at a track, what you're doing is you're dress rehearsing those mental states and you're developing the tool belt that will get you out of those places. And for each individual, for every athlete, it's completely subjective. One thing's going to work for me that might not work for another athlete. And often my job as a coach is to help my athletes develop those super weapons, you know, to develop those those weapons of, of mass destruction, if you like, that can just get you through those places. Joe, it's so beautiful to hear you talk. And we talk about Martin. Um, so I can spend three minutes on a phone call with Martin and just get a gold nugget that's taken him 20 years to work out. But I see you as the same now. When you're talking about your, your coaching your clients, you're given the physical training program that they do. I'm sure you're helping them with their nutrition. But this mindset component that you've learned and you've embodied and you've trialed and you're able to give them that to take into their training as well. And I just want everybody to understand how much that is a, such a big component of, of running. And um, so Joe's experience to be able to say, try this, if it doesn't work, throw it away. Try this, if it does, put it in your in your belt. And I just, I really think that's, that's an aspect of your coaching that probably needs to be you know, really celebrated um, for the people who, who end up working with you? Look, I'm really lucky because I'm working with the best. You know, I'm working with uh, Coach Martin Fryer and with Coach Claudine Chi, and it's I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. You know, I'm just so grateful that I resonate with people of that caliber and with yourself, Rob. You know, you and I have known each other for 12 years now, and we've been cheering each other on, and it's just it's very satisfying to have people around you that you're like, this is, this is freaking awesome. This is amazing. Um, and this person's doing great stuff and they're my friend and I must be of the same kind of cloth as them. So yeah, look, I, I am trying to emulate my heroes and I'm lucky that I work with my heroes and I train with my heroes. So 
it, I, I hope it rubs off. Absolutely. Um, I want to ask one thing before we move on to the more mindset stuff. You were a smoker, a drinker, a partier back in the day. Yeah. Um, you're now the Australian 24-hour ultramarathon champion amongst many other GNWs, Coast of Cozzy, Australian representative, like the list goes on and on and on. Mm. Why not stay as a smoker, drinker and partier? <laughs> That's a great question. Ah. Oh. What a great question. Have I been asked that before? I don't think so. You know what? Like I thought going out every weekend and smoking and drinking and staying out till six in the morning was going to make me happy. And it was as simple as that. Like, I think it's a very rational approach to having fun, meeting new characters and being happy. I don't think I've changed. I think I'm the same, Rob. I think I'm exactly the same, except my great conversations are two, three in the morning on an Olympic track versus two, three in the morning in a bar in a city. Um, so my beer chats and my smoking chats became running chats. And then my tribe became, uh, you know, instead of being obsessed with being out all night and, and dancing on a dance floor, we, we dance somewhere else, you know, we, we dance on the track and, you know, it's funny. One of the things that Martin and I do is Martin sends me music and I send him music back. Right? So we have this lovely kind of conversation where there's not a lot of words being shared, but there's a lot of like, uh, what did he send me most recently? He sent me some talking heads this morning, um, talking heads once in a lifetime, right? From October, November, 1980. And then, you know, I've sent him back some uh, Faithless Insomnia and, you know, Gold Frap and uh, Oliver Tree and it goes back and forth. So I think not a lot has changed. I'm still dancing up, you know, all night and, you know, having fun and using my energy in, in a way that hopefully, you know, is, is more positive. That's a beautiful answer. Um, yeah. I I, I wasn't expecting you to say that. So it's actually, actually really nice to say that the, the core of who you are hasn't changed. Do you reckon that's the same for most people? Like, do, do we change that much? Or because I see you as having this big kind of evolution, but is that, is that really what it's been? I think I'm the same person, Rob. I think I'm exactly the same. <laughs> like, there's so many aspects of me that haven't changed. I'm very stubborn, I think, as a lot of ultra runners are. And you know, I, I'd like to think I've evolved. I've found better ways of doing things. I'm a 43-year-old version of Joe, you know, and I, I look back at the 23-year-old version. He's, he's, uh, he's a little bit different. But, you know, we're all just trying to be happy, aren't we? We're just trying to find a happy place and a routine that works for us and the right dose of medicine. You know, I talk about that a lot, you know. I still have a glass of red wine or two, you know, pretty frequently, and I'll say to, to Martin, I'm going to do an easy run today because I had a couple of glasses of red last night. And the first thing I'll say is, well, it's good for the soul. And, um, you know, I, I really agree with that. I think balance in your life is, is really sensible. And I think if you deprive yourself of, of treats, that's not a very good thing to do. So, Joe, you and I, um, we both work with Claudine Chi as our mindset coach. Um, but I'm really curious about the work that you do with her because it's very different than the work that I do with her, even though we're, you know, we're kind of going for similar things. So I'd love to know what are some of the ways that she's helped you transform your mindset or your capacity as an athlete 
um, as a business owner and as a person. Yeah, look, she really has transformed all aspects of my life. And, you know, she's a phenomenal coach and she's really affirmed my belief in coaching, actually, um, because, you know, we do change lives and we do change people for the better. And I've seen that happen with my own athletes. And it's just such a, a great role to have in someone's life to, to help them find their, their the best version of who they are, I guess, as an athlete. Um, you know, she's a mindset coach, so she's taught me how to think like a pro athlete. Um, Claudine coaches several world champions and Olympians, and I genuinely feel like I'm part of that elite level now. Um, and I say that because I truly believe anything is possible for me. And I know very deeply that with patience and discipline, I have direct access to that greatness that that we all have access to um so it it's pretty cool to get to a stage now where i look at some of the people she coaches winning world championships and i'm like yeah why the hell not i'm going to go for something like that um as a business owner you know my business has quadrupled in size and impact um revenue is much higher and you know it's higher than i ever dreamed it would be um you know, I, I love what I do. I'm really passionate about my business and and that kind of shines through. Um, you know, it just it's just a joy to spend time with clients that are going for big goals and, you know, have huge aspirations. It's it's really good fun. I'm about to turn the business into a PTY limited business. And that's a huge threshold for me to break through in terms of the revenue. And, and I honestly never thought my business would ever hit that stage, Rob. Um, I've got congratulations. Clients. Yeah, thanks, mate. I, I've got clients all over Australia and the world now, and um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like I'm coaching clients in in Europe and and the UK, and it's just you know from the business side, which is probably even harder than the athlete side for me. It, it just feels like magic, so that's really cool. As a person, um, you know, as you know, Claudine talks about mindset by design, uh, and over the last few years. You know, I've, I feel like I've really built a mindset that I that I truly love, Rob, and that's been super satisfying. You know how it is; it's just the it's just the best. Um, and without sounding, you know, like I'm talking too much about myself or, or being arrogant or whatever, like I, I really enjoy being me, and, and I love how my life is, and um, it, it's it's a really you know privileged and and grateful place uh, to to be um in a, in a situation where i'm super happy and the, the happiest i've been in my life you know so i compare it like I, I watch a lot of car programs so i i compare it to sort of having a rolls royce um it feels really amazing to be a passenger in a peaceful safe and powerful vehicle and and that's how i feel so as a person i feel more connected i'm, I'm more aware aware in my day-to-day -day life um and I'm just a hell of a lot happier. So, you know, I'm just very happy in my own skin every day, all day. It's it's really fascinating to hear you talk about that. Claudine taught me as well that mindset by design and I can choose the mindset that I want to create, one that I love and, and it's going to support me. But back to the previous question, was the smoke a drink a party a Joe? Was, was all that stuff still there and... and 
like was it all in you and then so i guess the question is what would have happened if you never met claudine oh i mean what would happen if we never met any of our coaches you know i was quoting my boxing coach whilst i was running in the 24 hours at coburg and i sent him a message afterwards saying hey nick i just want you to know that you were on the track with me and you got me through some tough patches um yeah, look, it'd be nice to think that we would get there. You know, I, I I believe that we all reach our full potential, but having a coach helps you get there faster. Um, I think it's really important to have someone to, to to get you there as quick as you can so that you can start living your life as soon as possible. Um, and it's much better to, you know, to to, to live your fullest life now than to wait five years 10 years 15 years 20 years you know there's a lot of people that are in their old age that seem really happy and peaceful and um i wanted to get there now i wanted to be an old head on young shoulders if i could it's interesting to hear that you say yeah it sped you up and and you would have got there because from my because i'm going to talk about me now I, I don't think I would have without Claudine. I, she taught me stuff that I'd never had any idea existed. And that's the difference for me was um, maybe there was a part of me that she unlocked. And, and that's why I was interested in asking you that question because I thought it would have been the same. I think she helped me believe um, in myself in a way that I never thought possible, but also had the, the tools and the techniques and this magic that she taught me that I firmly believe I wouldn't have got to the place that I'm at without her. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, re it's really cool to hear different answers. Yeah. Yeah. I look, I don't necessarily disagree with that, Rob. You know, I, I do think the stuff I've learned from Claudine, it would have taken me 30 years to learn on my own. You know, I, I, I do feel that she's taught me stuff that is so advanced and so, from a place of such education and expertise. And um, yeah, I'm truly grateful for that. It's pretty amazing the things that I've learned yeah. and, and the way that I've been on this incredible trajectory over the last three years since I started working with her. Uh, it's Yeah, amazing. It's for me to watch you from the outside and see see you, you evolve as a person has been really incredible. So um, talking about mindset, because um, this, Really, I, I, I want to know the people out there who maybe say they've already got a great mindset, um, mm. who, and and what what advice would you give them to them from a coaching perspective? Because you value coaching so much, and so do I. But people are like, oh, I'm good. You know, I've got a great mindset. I probably, you know, I don't need a coach. I, I'm, I've got this sorted. What, what would you say to someone like that? Yeah, look, I respect everyone's opinion. And, you know, if people don't feel that's something they want to do, that's you know, that's absolutely fine. I think for me personally, personal growth is extremely important to me. Um, and I believe coaching is a super effective way to upskill quickly and effectively. Um, I'm, I'm a person of action. And, you know, sometimes that means I can be a bit thoughtless and I just kind of plow into things. But I think taking action and starting the process of, you know, improving your mindset is, is a really great thing to do. And um, the, the thing about taking action and starting that process is when you have those new skills, you have them for life. 
So it, it's an investment in yourself that really compounds over time. Um, so for me personally, I want to acquire new skills ASAP so I can implement them immediately and see my world improve and see all the positive impacts around me. Um, and for me, investing in yourself and your own growth is is absolutely everything. Um, who doesn't want to be a better version of themselves? Even if you've got a great mindset, why not be even better than you are already? And more importantly, maybe, who doesn't deserve to be happier and more successful and have a better mindset? And that's that's the thing is I think we all deserve to have the best skills available and, and to have the best mindset possible. Um, and I guess it comes back to that kind of action attitude that I have, like life is too short. Um, you have to chase your dreams now without delay. Uh, you're a long time dead. And I guess this kind of stuff is a call to arms. The great thing is your dreams are probably not as far away from you as you think. And, you know, you look at how I've upskilled over the last few years. I, I'm living proof. We can all learn to become better athletes, better business owners, better people with a focus on our mindsets. And I think, you know, my infinite growth kind of perspective, because I do think, you know, I'm, I'm enough, but I'm not done yet. Um, we all have greater capacities for success than we probably realize. You know, it's great to shock yourself, Rob. It's great to go, wow, all these people didn't think I could do that including me. <laughs> you know, I'm the most shocked of everyone. Um, but it, it does take it does take that first step. And what's great for me is that, that Claudine and my running coach, Martin, kind of echo each other. You know, Martin Fryer talks a lot about this. The first step is love and surrender. And then that's when the growth happens. So first step is hard, but the potential for growth is is there for all of us, I think. It's really beautiful. I've heard you talk about running as the vehicle for personal development before. Mm. And you you've embodied that. Like, like the work that you've done through running and coaching has has you know improved all these areas of your life. And I I guess to the person listening who's out there, maybe just starting their running journey or maybe just going for their first ultra ultra journey. Um what, what what advice would you give from that perspective that it's not about it's not just about running like we're mm. runners but it's running's not really about running can you can you talk to that point yeah absolutely look i think running is such a game of patience and um there's a great quote that i think i've mentioned before on your podcast from warren buffett about the the stock market and he says that the stock market is a machine that takes from patient takes from impatient people and gives to patient people and i feel like running is a bit like that running is you know really giving to the most patient of us um all of these skills and all of this success and this this wonderful growth and and you know great experiences um there's a joe rogan quote uh that i heard recently that really impacted on me and and sort of really um helped me think about patience and its importance in in my training which is um joe rogan talks about making a mountain one layer of paint at a time and wow. uh, i i love that i i love going out each day and laying you know layering one coat of paint 
um, to sort of keep building towards that mountain. So I would say to ultra runners, the key thing you want to develop apart from your leg strength and, and your cardio and, you know, running more hills or doing more speed work is, you know, developing that patience and, um, you know, mountains can be created one layer of paint at a time. It's a very beautiful quote. As, as you're talking, it reminded me of when I called you after Costa Cozzi and you basically told me about Claudine, the work you did with her. And um, I, I was so hesitant to even like think about working with a mindset coach. Um, I had done mindset work before with Pete Shaw, who was amazing. NLP practitioner really helped me. Um, he was in that first um, documentary they made of Costa Cozzi. But um, there's people out there um, who don't think they're ready to work with a coach. So mm -hmm. they might not think they're good enough or they might not think they're at the right stage, whether it be a running coach or a mindset coach or business coach or anything. And um, what, do you, what do you think about, about that? I'm not ready yet. Yeah, look, I don't think you ever feel ready. It's like lining up on the start line for a marathon or an ultra. You never truly feel 100% ready. There's always part of you that says, oh, I've done one more long run or one more, you know, 5K time trial or one more B race to prepare for this A race. So I think it's really important to recognize that that feeling of readiness, that feeling of now is the right time, it never really arrives. So if you can just embrace as much as you can like lean into the difficulty lean into the discomfort you know just as you do in your running then you're going to find that the rewards are, are fantastic like all of the best stuff in life is it's really difficult it's really hard and it's it's the stuff you don't want to, to do um and there's loads of great stuff on on instagram these days that, that talks about this but i saw a video the other day that was talking about talking about one of the things they don't tell you when you become an adult is you have to parent yourself. So when you turn 18, you know, your responsibility <clears throat> is to tell yourself to do the things you don't want to do. And, you know, just like your parents said, right, you know, um, put your dishes back in the sink and put your feet under the table and eat your greens and, you know, let put your shoes on and all, all the things that I tell my three-year-old and six-year-old to do every week. Um, goodness me, the amount of times I have to tell Ella to put her shoes on. She, she cannot hear me when I say put your shoes on. Must be five to ten times every time. But you have to parent yourself. You have to say put your running shoes on. Get out the door. Go for a run. You know, get people in your corner. Get people in your life that are going to lift you up. You know, make good friends. And that's really what a coach is. A coach is a powerful friend that has the answers and has been there and done that. You know, Martin has won everything, you know, he's won every single running event you can name and, and then some. Claudine is a 14-time national champion. And when I became the national champion at Coburg, my first message to her was, hey, I won my first national championship and this is number 15 for you. You know, wow. we, we have to... We have to get people in our lives that are good for us. We have to parent ourselves and we have to bring those precious friends into our life that can lift us up. There's, there's a fear associated with growth. So people might be afraid that if they 
open up a part of themselves like you've opened up and, and that and and express more of themselves they might lose friends or they might change and and lose family members or or you know take risks and 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 it'd be a bad decision for them so that there's this fear associated with it um but what what are your thoughts about that yeah it's a really good point because a lot of people will say oh that's not for me that's not my thing or you know you know i'm quite i know you do it your way but i'm going to do it my way and you know we're all different and that's fine you know and we're all doing our thing and we're all doing our best and we're all choosing a path that works best for us who am i to say that you know a coach works for everyone or a mindset is for everyone you know that's what i believe that's my beliefs but i never impose that on someone else i just you know for all the people that i love around me i just want them to be happy you know and and i'm certainly not in charge of their life and their destiny and where that goes um i would always give people advice and advise them to get a mindset coach advise them to get a running coach advise them to get more good people into their world um but i think you know you have to be ready for that and there's there's a time when that is is you know the right time in your life and maybe the right time in your running career um yeah look in terms of fear though in, in terms of fear of other people's opinion i think you can't live your life worrying what other people think and there's a great quote that claudine gave me very early in my mindset coaching which is um, from the vedas the indian scriptures and i've learned it off by heart I used to say it to myself in the mirror every day looking deep into my eyes i'm completely independent of the good and bad opinions of others i'm above no one i'm beneath no one i'm fearless in the face of any and all challenges and i've said that over and over and over and i believe it i am fearless i am completely independent of the good and bad opinions of others and i am above no, no one i am beneath no one and um and that's become a global belief for me thank you mate it's um really beautiful i want to go to dealing with setback whether that be injury illness not making a time or a result that you're hoping for that you didn't get um how do you deal with those types of things um yeah look that's life isn't it <laughs> unfortunately look i try and keep the negatives as low as possible and the positives as, as high as possible gratitude is a massive thing for me rob and i i my life is pretty wonderful I, I, you know i love my babies and i love the people that i hang out with and you know i, I get to hang out with you and, and do these great chats and you know, and, and as a coach, you get to inspire people and to see them kick ass and win races and get on podiums and run PBs. And it's just, it's just the best. And we live in Australia, you know, <laughs> like, what's not to love. And I've, you know, I've, I've seen myself win Costa Cozy. I've seen Rob Mason win Costa Cozy. And I met up with Paul Every at Manly Beach this week, bumped into him. Oh, wow. That was gold. Wow. I got a selfie with Paul Every and sent him a video of your acceptance speech in december oh. and he hadn't seen it so uh, yeah look the, the the positives outweigh the negatives you know one of the things that claudine taught me um and uh you know maybe she's done the same thing with you but we would go through the calendar at the end of the year to set up for the following year 
and we would write down all the positive events in the calendar and all the negative events. And our job for the following year is to double the positive and half the negative. So there are setbacks and there are disappointments and there are gas bills and electric bills and, and, you know, and difficult clients and maybe difficult conversations or whatever, but actually, excuse me. Um, but actually I've set my life up so that they're kept to an absolute minimum. And then with injury, you know, what I'm trying to do in my training is to, to always be 5% undercooked and not 1% overcooked as, as Mark Green from the body mechanics says, um, and to always be a bit conservative and not put it on the credit card, you know, not go into that deficit. So I enjoy my training. I enjoy my races. I'm not broken after a race. I'm not broken after my speed work. It's, you know, it's all factored in into a, a really happy schedule each week. Yeah. Wow. Okay, great. This is a great answer. Um, I, I want to go just, I know we're running out of time here, but there's so much more I want to ask you, <laughs> but, um, I guess you're a father of two young girls. You're a business owner. Mm. You're, you know, you're running. You're competing at the highest level in Australian ultras. Two questions I'm going to ask at the same time. How do you balance your motivation across those areas, and what do you ultimately want to teach your girls? Well, there's two things I want to be. I want to be a great ultra runner and a great dad. And that is Joe. That is what I want mm. to do. So if I'm not running, talking about running, writing programs or, you know, uh, engaging some running activity somewhere, then I'm with my two girls and we're swimming and we're playing dolphins and we're doing backflips in the pool and we're mucking about and we're having icy poles. So I'm very clear on what I want to be and what my life is about. I'm here to be the best runner I can be uh, and the best dad I can be. And, uh, you know, that's always something that you you enjoy in the moment when you see yourself doing a great job. And then, you know, you you want to increase the time with your kids or, in, you know, uh, become a, a better athlete in some way. So it's a work in progress. But I think um, my happiest moments are when I'm with my girls or when I'm out there hanging out with my favorite running tribe. So, um yeah, that's 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 my way of doing life. How do you keep the boundaries between father and runner and, and business owner clear? Oh, look, you know, one of the biggest motivations for me running, Rob, is to create some kind of a blueprint on how to chase your passions in life. And, you know, my girls are three and six, so I, I'm still, you know, creating that blueprint for them for when they get a bit older um so it, it's all one and the same i'm motivated by my kids and I, i'm also you know um trying to strive in in my running career and my business you know to to make that grow as much as i can so it's all one and the same like you know i i, I want my girls to see me not giving up i want them to see me being resilient i want them to to see me doing something good in the world that that hopefully creates other runners that are passionate and kicking goals um and yeah it, it really all goes together in terms of boundaries between you know different parts of my life you know yeah like when i win a win a race we've got a rule that we get pizza and we get to jump on the couch so 
So and it's a joy. <laughs> I, I try to share those wins with with my monkeys, and you know, we. I want them to see me happy doing something that is is good and and brings an income home. Um, and I want them to see me um, being at the top of my field as well because I think that's important. I think you set the bar what to wherever your parents set the bar. And my parents set the bar really high. You know, they worked hard and they gave us a lot of love. And, uh, you know, that that's that's my job. Such a beautiful answer, Joe. I, I really appreciate you sh sharing that with me. Um, a father of two young ones as well. It really helps. We are running out of time. I, I, I want to ask you one more question about a quote that you used um, when preparing for Coburg. And you said, I am beyond ready. Can yes. you tell us what that means to you so that we can get some of your gold to be beyond ready for our next challenge? So Claudine and I worked on a roomy quote um, when we when I went through that process in in early March of, of doing the transcendental run. Um, we talked a lot about um, being beyond uh, beyond numbers and, and transcending the distance. So the Rumi quote is out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and right doing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. So when I cycled through Europe with my friend David, I found a field. <laughs> and uh, so it's 2006 and it was the, the World Cup in Germany. And uh, I've got a photo of me standing looking at that field and the wind was blowing through the blades of grass and it was like this sea of beautiful grass as far as the eye could see. And um, so I go there. I go to that field and I, I sit with Rumi for a bit. Um, and we contemplate infinity. And um, it's kind of the opposite of a pain cave, Rob. I, I really get disappointed when people talk about the pain cave. Because I know when you won Costa Kosciuszko, you didn't go to a pain cave. There was no pain cave. There was this expression of pure joy that I was so privileged to, to see on your face and, and, and to see you going, transcending the heart rate and the pace and just running from joy. So, yeah, I, I wanted to go into Coburg being beyond the placing, beyond the distance, beyond, you know, any external factors and uh, and to sit with Rumi in a field for a bit. Joe Ward, thank you for leaving us on that amazing note. Um, mate, there's people that need to know about you out there who are listening to this. Um, how can they contact you? What's the best way for them to follow you, to learn more about you or to work with you if they're looking for a, a running coach? Yeah, thank you so much, Rob. So <laughs> I provide uh, I provide online coaching um, via Training Peaks, and I've got you know about eighty clients now, so that's building really quickly. I'm working with some awesome athletes, um, and you can contact me through Instagram, Ultra Joe W. Um, and yeah, if anyone would like two weeks of free coaching, I'd be happy to get them up and started. Um, I've also got a body weight training um, weekly uh, class that I do. Uh, 
sorry, a weekday class that I do. And that's really made a massive difference to my training to increase my body weight strength. So if you'd like to get involved in some live online body weight training classes that will take you running to the next level. Uh, I know, Rob, you did that before your win at the Coast of Cozy, and I, I continue to huge do Huge help. Thank Absolutely you. huge help. Yes. My gosh, yeah. 12 months with you. Yeah. Sorry. So, yeah, so body weight training, contact me online uh, via Instagram, Ultra Joe W. That's Ultra J O E W. Uh, I'm also trying to boost my numbers on Instagram as well. Um, I've only got about 500 followers and I, I'd love to get that a bit higher. I'm trying to, um, you know, really get my, my socials up a bit. So, that would be great. That's brilliant. And just, just so I heard correctly, you're offering two weeks of free coaching to anybody who wants to to do that that's that's so obviously they can get an experience what it's like to work with you and then um you know with no obligation to, to continue if they they don't or it's like yeah. a, a free it's really generous of you mate a lot of your time there great so i'm going to link to all those things in the show notes i highly recommend you contact joe as he said i um i did 12 months of body work training every day with him uh via facebook live it's really simple it's really easy it makes a huge difference to your body's ability to prevent injury but also improve speed and strength and and made a big difference to my win at costa cozy um, i wanted to do anything i can to to win that race last year and so joe thanks for your help with that mate. thank you so much rob appreciate it all right mate is there anything else you want to say to give us one little bit more gold it doesn't have to be there's plenty in there but um we're going to sign off now so over to you for the last word with no i'll pressure. just say yeah I, look i've used a lot of quotes uh, one of my favorite quotes is from disney frozen um elsa let it go let it all go do you know what i think i needed that right now in my life as well so thanks very much joe ward thanks for your time today there's so much on this episode, I'm going to unpack and listen to again and again. I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you, Bob. So before we go today, I just want to thank Joe one more time. He always gives so much and he shares everything with us. And I really think we're, we're lucky to have him um, on this podcast again. So I hope you got something that you can use going away. Um, I contacted Claudine, who is both of our mindset coaches, as you've probably picked up. And I said, um, is there some way people can get in contact with you? Do you want me to you know, link your Instagram thing to my website so that they can you know, find you. And she said, actually, I've got something that I'm working on that I'm about to release. And this is the first time she's ever talked about it and she's about to release it in, I'm not sure, a few weeks. But she said, um, I can share this invite with you guys um, so that you can get in first before this um, initial coaching program of hers sells out. So she's going to be releasing an exclusive six-week course, which is going to basically teach you how to get unstuck, which is what she helped definitely me with and uh, Joe across, um, breaking obstacles, breaking through obstacles, and creating your own mindset by design, your own winning mindset. It'll consist of weekly mindset modules released each week, and also there'll be a weekly group call, like a Zoom video call uh, with Claudine. So you can ask her directly for advice, strategies about your challenges, you know, your goals, roadblocks, or how, how she can help you the best and how you can win at whatever you want, whatever that is in your life, business or sports or family or whatever. Claudine will help you across it all. So if you wanna get on the short list for this uh, coaching program, uh, just email Claudine directly. So her email is claudine at claudinechi.com. Dot com. So it's C L A U 
D-I-N-E at C-L-A-U-D-I-N-E-C-H-I dot com. And just put in the subject line VIP shortlist and you'll be the first to know when she uh, releases this course. She's only taken a limited number for this course because uh, she can only really you know, spread her energy uh, across a limited number of people. So make sure you email her as soon as you hear this to just express your interest and get in for this. Um, lock it in. Lock it in. Get on board it. It's going to be amazing. Um, and thanks for listening to this another amazing interview with Joe Ward. Uh, I'll link Claudine's um, email to this in the show notes. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Mindset for Runners podcast. I hope you got something practical and useful out of this podcast or something inspiring to help you get out for your next run. If you have a question about Mindset for Runners or athletes in general, please email me at robmason.run at gmail.com and I'll answer your question on an upcoming podcast. If there's anybody you know who could benefit from the information I share in this podcast, please share it with them. See you next time.